Hey there, hi there, ho there, welcome back once again to another very exciting episode of Disney Compendium. As usual, I am your host, JJ, and over there, the other end of this, I was going to say, dimensional time continuum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's my good friend, Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing great, JJ, and I have a question for you. Okay. What makes a monster and what makes a man? <laughs> or to you, dear you dear listener, who is the monster and who is a man in this scenario? Am I a man or am I a Muppet? Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. What's a man? <laughs> right, different. That was a different that was a different movie. I'm sorry. We just did two different movies. Yay! (laughs) But uh, June 21st, 1996 uh, is when this movie opened, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, based off the Victor Hugo novel. Exactly, 1831? I think, yeah, 1830, 1830s. 1830s just seems to be the right, I would agree to be the right answer with that. Um, Yes, Hunchback of Notre Dame, a Disney sort of going back to uh, their roots, so to speak, with like, this is the kind of story that I would expect Disney to adapt and exactly in the kind of way I would expect Disney to adapt it. Yeah. (laughs) Like this could have easily been a Walt era movie. Yeah. 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 Um, it was June 21st, 1996. And then just a couple of weeks later, like just a few weeks later, the formation of the NWO. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. 1996. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, feel like it's... that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I remember this movie, like my sister used to watch all of the, uh, she was really into like how well Disney movies did. And she's like, she was that kid. Yeah. And she's like, and she's upset. Like, I can't believe that Eraser beat Hunchback opening weekend. Like, why do you care about these things? <laughs> uh, like, okay, so we, we've mentioned it a few times. Um, we didn't really talk about it too much in the Pocahontas episode because we had bigger fish to fry in the Pocahontas mm. episode. But, like, we are in the sort of downward trend of the quote, end quote, Disney Renaissance. We're, uh, we're, we're, we'll get a couple good movies couple in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Even this one is a good movie. Yeah. It's just nothing is going to hit the incredible highs. No. Because I, like we were saying last week, I think Pocahontas was like seventh or eighth of the year, the mm-hmm. top ten of the year. And like you're just going to keep seeing it be that way. Things start like you're not going to, nothing's going to be number one for quite a while. No. Uh, now that those days are gone for a significant amount of time. There's just too uh, much competition, basically. Yeah. Uh, 1990, in 1996, this year in, partic- in particular, is a massive year for movies. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of movies that were sort of out of left field hits and, um, uh, what you would expect to be hits like just there's there's a lot of movies this year that have a lot of staying power 
um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame is um, just better than Pocahontas did in terms of money because it's yeah. I, I because as I was as we we're saying at the as I was saying here at the beginning, it is the kind of story Disney would make. Pocahontas right. is not the kind of story Disney would make. And there was a lot of controversy surrounding Pocahontas and the story it was telling. But like this one is like people knew the Hunchback of Notre Dame going in. Yeah. It's not based on any real it's not based on any history other than it takes place, you know, <laughs> in Paris. You know, like, you right. know. And yeah. people know I mean a lot of people have seen the old Lon Chaney Senior. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of hunchback you know, stuff so. that historically existed before this. Um, what, and, what, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. No, was there not a rumor? Like, I don't know what was true, how valid it was or not. Like, after this, like, yeah, they're gonna do Fan of the Opera next. I think, I think with Disney stuff, that's always the rumor. Because remember, as we we're talking about with. Um, Pocahontas, uh, they that movie exists because they they were working on a Romeo and Juliet at the time, and like there's always I think those kinds of rooms anything that's an old story is fair game for Disney, mm-hmm. and and to this day, uh, you know for years they were working on you know uh, you know the Ice Queen movie you know what I mean like like yeah which. We got it eventually, but we yeah. got it eventually. But like, like yeah, that was all because anything that's a Hans Christian Andersen story or uh, you know a classic piece of well-known literature that's in the public domain is fair game, right? Um, so and will always be fair game. I think at any given time you, you can see Disney trying yes. to grab one of these things and trying again. It's been, I mean, outside of Frozen, they haven't really dip their toes too much into this style I mean, a little right. bit um, you know tangled was a big one um, yeah yeah and i went back to that one too um, but like you know wreck it ralph was a completely original um story uh Big Hero Six next was a marvel adaption yeah next next week's is not so much it's just literature like folklore yeah yeah i mean folklore. like yeah it's just it, everyone like and, and hercules is uh, you know or um mulan and hercules and stuff or just yeah you you have these weird sort of folk folk, folksy tales you yeah know? Like, yeah um, so things that fit the disney style mulan in particular really sort of fits a good disney um would you uh would you see that trailer by the way just as a sidetrack i think it looks fine yeah me too i like, I like that they that they're Taking a different approach to it, they're not trying yeah. to. They're not trying to remake Mulan. They're just making Mulan, like it, fixing a lot of the problems that movie had. It, it, it's of no secret that this is definitely a we're making this movie so a Chinese audience will see it because a Chinese audience has no reverence for the animated Mulan because right. it doesn't do justice to their culture and like in it. And it, 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 it's, you know, it is a Disney movie about Chinese culture in the same way Panda Express is. It's like, 
it's it's it's, a, it's we, we've made this for white tastes you know and yeah it's like, yeah it's, so so what you're saying is they're not going to bring back the Szechuan sauce for this movie. <laughs> there will be somebody who's going to mention that. It's like, should we do this? No, we're not going to. No. <laughs> should we bring back the Imperial pack with 30 nuggets and the Szechuan sauce? That's, yeah. But like, you know, I, I, I think getting rid of the music is the suckiest part of it. Yeah. It seems very well, crouching tigery. Yeah, it looked cool. I liked it. Oh, it did. Like, I just like watching her, like, just spin a sword around. Like, yeah. A lot of people complaining about, uh, no Mushu or the cricket. And I'm like, fine. Like, that was, this is honestly the worst parts of the movie. Like, like, yeah, I like Eddie Murphy, but like, not everything. I like him as Donkey. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, not everything needs to have that, like, comic relief. I, and I, I, I like Mushu, but eh, it's okay, I guess. Yeah, like without like the movie won't movie the movie can only succeed <laughs> like if by taking it like Mulan would be a much more serious, a dramatic affair without the talking animal or like it's like not even an animal it's just a dragon like it's like I don't even know what to consider that because it's <laughs> she's like, a spirit yeah yeah, yeah. guardian he's guardian yeah. But, but that's for another time, I guess. Huh? Yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about we can talk about it more at length in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I always forget what's next after this until I look. It's at Hercules. Again. Hercules yeah, is talk. next, and then Milan after that, right? Is that yeah. how it works? Yep, I believe okay. so. I, yeah. I get I, I in my brain they're interchangeable, and no, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, June twenty first. Yeah, so. Um, you got it. This weird cast for this movie, right? Um, it's it's a it is a very nineteen ninety six cast. Well, even um, like even to do me more is kind of like on the downslope here, kind of. I, she had I just guess, done strip. Yeah. She had just done like striptease or GIG, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got Demi Moore as Esmeralda. Um, I don't know. Is it Tom? Would you call it? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Holch or Holse? Tom Holse. Tom yeah. Holse is uh, yeah. Quasimodo, who's his most significant roles outside of this were Pinto and Animal House and uh, Mozart and Amadeus. Yeah. Uh, that's Quasimodo. So. Yeah. Uh, Tony J is Frollo. Great, who is a great voice, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Tony like J it. has an. This is not his first Disney movie either. Uh, no. He was well, the. He, remember, he ran the. Uh, he's the guy who ran the Asylum and Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Um, and what else? He was. He was in. He did a lot of voiceover stuff. Uh. Was he a great mouth detective? Was that the one? The other one he was in? No, I don't think he okay. was in. I don't think he was in anything Disney for a spell. Okay. After after this, I don't think he. he okay, yeah. I'm looking at him now, let's see. So yeah, Beauty and oh geez, he oh that's right, he was the narrator in the real, like in the Nausicaa 
<laughs> the uh, Miyazaki movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. My stepmother is an alien. <laughs> uh, he was <laughs> he was the supreme being in Time Bandits. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's Tom and Jerry the movie. <laughs> he was who was he in Tom? Lick Boot the lawyer. Okay. <laughs> I clearly don't remember Tom and Jerry the movie as much as I thought I did. That's the one where they talk, right? That was what yeah. it was billed as. They talk he was in this Spike. <laughs> Thumbelina, Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights, All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, Dr. Lipschitz in the Rugrats movie. Okay. Uh, the lesser thought of American Tale movie, an American Tale, The Treasure of Manhattan Island. <laughs> I didn't know that movie existed. <laughs> the thing that existed. Uh, I think it's, that makes it to, yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, boy, they really... Uh, they tried. They tried to make that a franchise. Um, I don't think there was any more after that. If there was, I certainly don't remember. Uh, oh boy, there was one more after that. An American Tale, The Mystery of the Night Monster came out in 1999. What? That sounds like a that sounds <laughs> like a Super Nintendo <laughs> game. <laughs> so... Anyway. Night monkey. Yeah. Night. <laughs> um. Uh, so, yeah. So that's Tony J. He was in. He was in Treasure Planet. He was the narrator in Treasure Planet. Okay. Movie we'll be getting to. Um, we also uh, David Ardestyres is is in this one too. He yes, was in Pocahontas. Yeah, he's the uh, the priest at the beginning of the movie. Yep. Uh, you have yeah. Kevin Klein as Phoebus. Uh, as Phoebus Cates. Yes, Phoebus Cates, his wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Anyone else really? Paul Candell. Uh, 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 Jason uh, Alexander. Alexander, yeah. George George can't stand you. Yeah. Um, like who? Uh, like I recognize the gargoyles' voices are all like voices that I recognized, but like I saw their names and I was like, I should look them up. <laughs> the other the the kind of like the more mature gargoyle like the older guy or the guy yeah. he's charles charles kimbro he was um, uh, he, he was a murphy brown yes he was the he was the uh he was Anchor. the square yeah yeah, was, yeah 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 he was the square murphy brown um i, I clicked on it and uh, i clicked on his name and he has his wikipedia uh headlines biography filmography and he has a whole section dedicated to video games so now i'm very curious to what that could possibly mean and there's only four video games so i don't know why he has his own section for video games on this. does he play this character in kingdom hearts in one of those he, he, all four of them are yes kingdom hearts games the animated storybook for hunchback topsy-turvy games for the hunchback kingdom hearts 3d dream drop distance and Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. So, oh my god, Dream Drop Distance. The, the first Kingdom Hearts game I almost bought. <laughs> I got a 3DS, let's get it. Back there was a there was a time and it always it, it, it's always funny when these studios try to work the gimmick of the system's name like the into the naming convention. Mm-hmm. So it's Kingdom Hearts 3D 
Dream Drop Distance, three D, so that's three Ds. Right. Um, there was a Resident Evil One port on the yeah. original DS, which what did they call it? Was like Deadly Strike, yeah. or something like that, where it was DS. They would do that several times. You would see several games where they're trying to like work three D, but then have the subtitle be 3D something. I feel like they Nintendo should just like said, "Hey, can we get Bubba Ray and Devon?" To market this console, and would and that be a thing? Go old, be a fan. Yeah. Let's see the old lady gargoyle. What is her name? It is Mary Wicks. Okay, she was uh, crud. I, I know I just saw something like with her name in it somewhere. I'm just uh, <coughs> she was oh wait. Wait, wait, wait. Who was the? She does have a Disney significance. Um, she was the character model for Cruella Deville. Holy smokes! Uh, <laughs> she's uh, Mrs. Squires in the uh, Music Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Snowball Express. Okay. Boy, sister act. Sister Mary Lazarus. There she is. Sister okay. Act. That's now, where I know now, her from. Now especially I see her since, face. Especially yeah. since it wasn't all that long ago that we were talking yeah. at length about Sister Act for this show. So yeah. she's she's passed on, and that's one of the reasons why um, Whoopi was hesitant to do that. And Hunchback of Notre Dame was her last movie. Uh, not Whoopi. Not Whoopi. <laughs> Mary yeah. Wicks. Um, yeah. So at, least yeah, was, uh, at least it was at least it was fittedly a Disney movie. So. Yeah. Um The Archdeacon is David Ogden Styers, as you said right. earlier. Who uh, was Rat uh, what was his name? Radigan? No what Radigan. Uh Radigan. No, what was his name? It's Pocahontas. You know, I don't Rat- know. Ratcliffe, I think. Ratcliffe. Yeah. Yes. Ratcliffe. Yeah. Uh, Gary Trousdale, Mary Kay Virgin. Jim Cummings is in it, and Frank Welker. Go figure. Oh, they're all over this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, fun cast, interesting cast. Um, this guess I'll start talking plot stuff about this movie. Movie starts off instantly dark um, <laughs> with infanticide. Well, yeah, attempted infanticide. Yeah. Um, absolute one hundred percent murder on the stairs of a church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Except it's being framed with, um, with as a musical number, with yeah. the, being st- st- told as a story from um, Clopin. Clopin, yeah, yeah. So it's very weird because they'll do like those, like there was a couple of like quick shots where it was like stop, and like Clopin turns into like you know, like yeah, arch- yeah. It's very interesting. Um, fr- convent- framing convention going on with this because it's very dark and, and, and picture Clopin in his jestery garb singing and then he holds the baby over the well and he's going to throw the baby to its death um, because like the only reason you're seeing this animation playing out is because this is what he's singing in the song that he's singing <laughs> although you're no longer hearing the song because it was showing you now, but you have. But if you think from it, think about it for a second. Somebody's singing this to a crowd of people, <laughs> like, and then I want she- my shackles back. <laughs> yeah, 
He's and scared then he, the children. And then he and then he kills kills the gypsy woman on the stairs of Notre Dame. <laughs> like, please, sir, we, we're trying to have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he only doesn't murder the baby because he's afraid of God's wrath. Yeah. Again, <laughs> again, somebody dressed up as like a jester is singing this entire thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, but so, you, you weren't really thinking about that, were you? But now that I read no. it, now you realize that, oh yeah, somebody this, actually is singing this whole thing. This <laughs> is the worst Ren Fair ever. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, I'm just trying to get a turkey leg, man. I always want a turkey leg. And oogle the ladies in the, in the thing, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so, um, so this is, this is, this starts off with one of the first major changes from the book to this one is that in the book Frollo is the archdeacon. Yeah. Um, but in this one he's a judge, I guess. Um, that's what they call him. I, you never really see him doing anything other than really being sort of like a weird sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's a very um he's the minister of justice, I think is what it is in Paris. Yeah, it's basically like he sees sin everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he sees. Um, sin he, he's so. not. He's he's very much Jafar. Yeah, just without without you ever seeing um, the you know who's who's he's working under. But um, I, I think he he feels. He feels more evil than Jafar in some ways. Oh because... yeah, no, I'm just saying like his role. Oh and, yeah, like yeah. his character is just like like how Jafar right. had ears on the ground and was controlling yeah. the men yeah. and everything and was doing all that stuff. It's like it's the same like role in the society. Yeah, it 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 <clears throat> it, it strikes a chord now. Yes, this guy like is um, like oh I I God talks to me and you're all evil, but I don't. Yeah, but I'm. Ignore yeah. stuff about me, like it. Hmm, hmm. It's funny. <laughs> all of the properties of the archdeacon without making him directly associated to the church, um, because they obvious, just had a yeah for a obvious reasons of controversy. <laughs> yeah, for obvious reasons, you would make that change. Um, and you don't, <laughs> and you never want to have a church saying "Hey, man" <laughs> to you as a production company, unless you're Kevin Smith, who didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I made okay. dogma anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, Disney won't deal with that. So, but 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 he has all of the characteristics because he's a God fearing man who, at least, it, it's it's hard to tell if it's hubris or if he truly believes this or if it's all because like he clearly truly believes in God. That's what gets yeah. him. That's what gets him to keep. Uh, not kill, not necessarily keep, but also not kill um, Quasimodo. Although, as they mentioned in it, it's just like it's just like Dumbo or Cinderella or things like that, where like these are sort of derogatory names. Yeah, yeah, because Quasimodo means half formed. Yep. Quasimodo. <laughs> Quasi. Quasimodo. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, because he's deformed, obviously. So, like, he's genuinely like fearful of God, but but also, like, 
sees himself as a voice of God, but also isn't fearful enough to try and be a decent human being to this so child. He, so it's so like he's, it's, he's so Lionel Barrymore and Inherit the Wind. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it really is one of those situations where it's very like like it's not that he's faking it, but he's so arrogant that every that he's the one that's only making the right choice you know um so you it's something that in with you see then and you see now of using the church and using your uh faithfulness to god as an excuse yeah and that's what you're getting out of frollo in this and you know in the original book it's he is the archdeacon and if that was the case in this book, it would have more sort of like resonance today yeah. um, with some of the stuff that goes on with like the Catholic Church and stuff going on that you see in the news all the time. Yeah, or, or people but, who uh, yeah like to shout about their religion and kind of like, but don't want to treat other people nicely. So yeah, yeah, it's it's the same whole like pro life. Thou shalt not kill. However, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to murder this baby and I'm going to kill this gypsy because they're below God, you know, yeah. and below me and below all of this. So it's yeah. you know it's it's there's a lot of you know yeah, like his whole thing where it's like yeah. I, I, like he feels lust for Esmeralda and she has no attraction to him, but it's still her fault that he feels lust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like the, the major plot point of this is that he is a God fearing man. He doesn't, he can't have these feelings. That's not like, how dare she do this to me? And like, it was super, super creepy when he sniffs her hair. Oh, God. Like, he's I, a disturbing I, character. I, he, the weirdest thing is he is the most grounded and realistic villain they have ever had. Then and now. Then like, now forever. <laughs> yes. Like you, you absolutely can believe him existing then and you see him existing now. Yeah. Like you see this character still around in our day to day lives. Yeah. Um and, and like that's like I did not remember that. So I'm watching it and he starts sniffing her hair and I'm like, oh, oh. Okay. There's the, there's parts where he's animated. He just kind of like there's a part where he kind of rolls his eyes a little bit. And it's like ah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like yeah it's yeah so uh, anyway songs over introducing yeah. the ex- Clopin is ex- terrified yeah. everyone <laughs> yeah yeah Clopin's uh, Clopin exposition uh, finito uh, we fast forward twenty years. And um, <laughs> this is where you meet Quasimodo finally. Um, it's funny because what in the book he's half blind and deaf. Yeah. Um, as he should be deaf because he's been living in a bell tower his entire life. Right. Um, not deaf at all. Seems to have impeccable hearing. Um, also, uh, they toned down the deformity a little bit. He's yeah. kind of he's kind of adorable in a way. Yeah, it's very much like it's very much marketable 
disfiguration. Like, yeah. you can see how it would translate into a plush doll easily mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. You know, it's not like the Quasimodo Ghostbusters action figure or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because, like, you know, when I hear Quasimodo, I, again, go back to Lon Chaney Jr.'s portrayal, like, where he yeah. has that one eye, that one blind eye, and he just, yeah. that, that prosthetic, that makeup that literally, yeah. you know, put, he put him in pain. Yeah. 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 Like, he, like, he's not scarred. Um, he doesn't have any sort of like imperfections and he's like clean shaven boy scouty looking dude. He just mm-hmm. happens to have weird side of his face and a giant hunch on his back. And yeah. Short. It's like his other deformity. It's just he's short too. Like, yeah. I guess. Um, but also um, I don't know how to put this gently. Uh, because he's so isolated is he institutionally would you institutionalize him today considering he is talking to the gargoyles and it has never explained what that situation is nobody else well, interacts with the gargoyles except for him <laughs> well i mean i don't know because don't the gargoyles at some point like help him pour molten lead on the city to kind of yeah but like but again, is it a Calvin and Hobbes situation? Is what you're asking? Yeah, is it a Calvin yeah. and Hobbes situation? Is it? But also, is it? Oh, because when that's happening, you're with Quasimodo, so is it a false narrator situation? Because mm-hmm. because the only the only person that you're seeing the scene from is from Quasimodo's point of view, right? So you know, who knows? Yeah. That is that scene with the molten lead is wild. Like, yeah. Because when he tips that over, it turns into Darth Vader's castle from Rogue One. Yeah, like, it's just, it's Mustafar. Yeah, it's Mustafar. It, yeah, it just yeah, it turns like yeah, like okay, you didn't have that much molten lead, my dude. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, Disney did gargoyles much better around this time, anyway. Yes, there was a much better talking gargoyle Disney institution going on. Xanatos! <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Quasimodo wants Quasimodo wants to do the Festival of Fools. Fe- oh boy, that sounded slurred. Festival of Fools. He wants to go out there. He wants to go out there. Somewhere out there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Different movie. Different uh, <laughs> movie, but same sentiment. Yeah. Uh, um, this is a good song out there. Yeah, that's the a... thing. About this movie, I think, every, with the exception of one song, the music is great. And uh, I guess I'm going to guess what song that is. Yeah, you want to guess now? Uh, <laughs> uh, what song? Uh, what song that you don't like? Yeah. Is it? Is it the all for one song? <laughs> which which one is the? It's it's the gargoyle song. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the one that has Jason Alexander singing in it. Uh, Okay, not a good song. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. (laughs) Oh, a guy like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, A guy like you. It's a bad song. Uh, Bad sentiment being thrown around. For some reason, I felt like, do you hate God help? God help the outcasts. Like that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, and I and I like the all for one song. Yeah. Yeah, Um. But yeah, so it's the Festival of Fools. 
that's that's where uh, I do like Frollo. Just like I, I don't want to no, like <laughs> I don't want to do this. I have to though. <laughs> yeah, it, it appeases the masses. Yeah, as if it, as, as, yeah, as if the masses care at all that Frollo's there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I got to show up. People yeah. are expecting me. Like no. No, we're cool. You. I, I, yeah, I do like. Um, I do like the ABCs. Like, are you ready to learn your, to cover your ABCs and just how cool the ABCs are between Frollo and Quasimodo? Yeah, he's like A, abomination. <laughs> what was B? I forget what B was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but um, but it's yeah. just it's he's a jerk to Quasimodo. Oh. Oh yeah, no. Frollo's a jerk to every single person in this movie, no matter who it is. Uh, um, and so, uh, whatever. Obviously, at some point, uh, Quasimodo decides. You know what? I am going out there, so he goes out there. Uh, and Esmeralda is just part of the gypsies that hang out there. I don't know if it's... I hate saying gypsies, even though that's what they are in this movie, because I know that's not <laughs> exactly yeah. a good thing to say, but it's like it's the only way... That's how it, that's what it is in the movie. I have to say gypsies in this situation. So, so the gypsy... One of the, 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 one of the gypsies bites uh, Quasimodo and becomes a werewolf the wolf man. Yes. yes. Exactly. Nailed it. Even a man um, who is pure at heart and says his prayers by night yeah. <laughs> become a wolf when the wolf band blooms. Um, what was it? Uh, so, yeah, Quasimodo gets out there. Esmeralda's... The, the scene that's almost like <laughs> where he like trips and takes down her curtain. Yeah. Like, Disney, there is a bit of male gaze on Esmeralda in several scenes in this. Yeah. Um, uh, one scene that I, I thought was weird was when she, she just just gonna jump around a little bit because it's not interesting in some instances where yeah they, no they I agree plot by plot. but when she so Quasimodo eventually gets found out that who he is they he gets named the king of fools and then everyone starts being a big jerk to him but Esmeralda comes up and like you know cleans him off. And uh, is like chastising Frollo. <laughs> yeah. And is freeing him. And when she does the no justice uh, thing, like, it's like the way that's animated is very like weird, like lusty from the animator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. But um, just to me more, I'm sure the animators were thinking of other movies. Oh, oh, oh I'm sure they were. Yeah. Um, and then she uses her little magic trick to escape, so now she's a witch into yeah. Frollo. She's she she Batman smoke bombs. Yeah. Way so. Yeah. Um. So Frollo confronts Quasimodo and sends him back to the cathedral. Um. We've met Phoebus at this point once already. He's one of the um, captains of Frollo's thing. He eventually becomes captain like he's he's been recalled from the war i guess yeah <laughs> what war we don't know yeah what's what war? <laughs> yeah. um and some french war 
some French horror at some point. Oh, yeah. Some French horror in the 1480s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or 14. No, it'd be because the movie starts in the 1480s. Wait. No, it takes place in the 1480s. So, some war that involves having a cross on your shield, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and being in, and, be, and being in world heroes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, some some quest line in some uh, Assassin's Creed game somewhere. There you uh, go. Anyways, but yeah, so it turns out that Phoebus has been brought in by Frollo uh, to round up the gypsies. Yeah, seems that way. Yeah. Um, very. Again, very on the nose evil plot from, but also very realistic evil plot. <laughs> yes, yes. I couldn't imagine anyone wanting to call in the military to handle people that you don't want in your country. That mm. seems weird. Can't imagine. That does seem that. weird. Um, sorry, what now? <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, eventually, yeah. So arrest her. They get to the. They get to Notre Dame. Uh, Phoebus won't arrest her, and she's in the cathedral. I like his like just just say sanctuary. <laughs> like, yeah, trying to get her, and she's like, "You tripped me." Say sanctuary. Just, can you not understand what I'm saying? How I haven't arrested you yet? Yeah. Like, no, I haven't tricked you. Yell sanctuary, jeez. <laughs> she doesn't do it, but he acts like, "No, I can't arrest her." Sanctuary, so then the uh, Frollo is drag her out, and then that's when you have the Archdeacon like, what? Like, I know your secret, dude. Back out. <laughs> yeah, it's like Sanctuary, sir. Yeah, this is holy ground, Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so you have the whole now Esmeralda is trapped in Notre Dame, although. It's for such a short amount of time. It seems like it should have been a plot point that lasted a little longer than like the four minutes it truly lasts in the movie. I mean, trapped like, in a pretty cool looking church. Oh no. Yeah, yeah but like, <laughs> but yeah, like Quasimodo gets her out of there pretty quick. <laughs> and, and at this point, he's kind of developed feelings for her. Yeah, uh, like the, from the from the from the moment uh, she helped him. It was yeah. Like, because she was nice to him when he accidentally almost saw her naked yeah. <laughs> at the beginning and then helped her helped him when he was being tortured by the townspeople and you know yeah. and she she hasn't recoiled in fear even after yeah. realizing everything so yeah quasimodo feels like oh i i'm nice to you so you should you should like like me back i donated yeah. money on your twitch stream to your yeah i bought <laughs> I bought that thing on on your Amazon wish list. Wish list, yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> um, oh no, <laughs> no, I don't like this at all. Yeah, no, I like, I just no. Said I hate Quasimodo. <laughs> I hate Quasimodo now. <laughs> I have bought Quasimodo has bought all of her action figures and is sending her photos of him. <laughs> yeah, oh. hey, hey, the joke for two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think we yep. need a thumbnail yeah. Quasimodo with with, <laughs> with a with fedora Ed- on. <laughs> Esmeralda Burger King toy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just just um, just fedora Quasimodo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've created a horrible monster that we yeah. can't. We've yeah. Created- <laughs> now he's a monster. 
<laughs> now, who is the man and who is the monster? Well, yeah, the know. answer is <laughs> Quasimodo. Quasimodo. Um, anyways, so yeah, so as a thank you for helping me out in the bind back there, I'll get you out of here. Um, so he does. Uh, and she gives him uh, the her map necklace her map her necklace map yeah like some sort of weird like I, I'm trying to, like I'm trying to think of like it seems like it's just one of those stupid like it's like the the, the collar on the cat in Men in Black or something yeah. where it's like this weird MacGuffin that doesn't yeah really... I was gonna say it's the MacGuffiny MacGuffiny MacGuffin yeah. Um, uh, it, and, and, but I was about to say red herring, but I'm like, no, that's not it. That's the no, one. it's another trope. Yeah, it's a, just a tropey thing where you, you yeah. Okay, it's so a, this has the, it's, it, you know, they do it in Force Awakens with the yeah. map to R2, it's, it's for R2-D2 to decipher, uh, or whatever. She she gives him an Egg McMuffin, guys. Yes. Um, um. Yeah, Egg McMuffin. And so, yeah, so it's a map to the gypsies. Which seems like that's a bad thing to just wear around your neck. <laughs> maybe you sh- maybe you should memorize this map. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like something you should just know that you yeah. don't need a necklace to lead. It's not like it's it's not like it's a Indiana Jones situation where it's like okay, now you take the pendant, you stick yeah. it on top of a pole, and you have to yeah. reflect the light directly <laughs> towards. You know, it's. I think it would be the joke. Like, where are the gypsies? Alexandretta. Alexandretta! <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> but, like, it's the Court of Miracles. It is a map to the Court of Miracles. Like, feel like you don't need that necklace. Um, <laughs> it's, it's. Just the, at a waypoint. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, yeah. Fast travel. Assassin's Creed. As long as you went to the top of a tower, yeah, you have sure. access to the whole map. Yeah, you should know where the Court of Miracles are. Court of Miracles, obviously, for those of you who don't know, it's basically the slums of Paris. Yeah. It was a euphemistic name. Uh, <laughs> and so what you do is you so you pull up your map, and then there's an icon with a tambourine on it, and you just yeah. follow it. Just follow it. Um, yeah. There should be a little bar across the screen that if you that moves when you move what direction you're that changes what right. direction you're, yeah. yeah yeah it's like a little compass thing it's easy you just walk towards it um, sorry everybody we're dirks <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it was to the court of miracles aka the paris slums again probably don't need a map to the slums of paris um but here you go uh uh at this point is where uh, you get frollo realizing he is lusting for Esmeralda. Yeah. Um, because she, basically, because she told him off. Yeah. Like, and yeah. she's a curvy gypsy woman, so yeah. So, and that's that's what they do. They you know lure you with their wiles and then take everything you have. Kind of I, I don't like red pill. <laughs> for a little. Yeah. Um, but like like. Him begging to the Virgin Mary in song <laughs> is haunting. 
in uh, is this a good song? Yeah. Hellfire it's, is a yeah, great Hellfire, song. Hellfire, it's a great song. It's cool because it, it, they even on the CD, it, uh, they spin it with the Quasimodo song. Yeah. Um, uh, so it goes from the Quasimodo song into Hellfire. I forget what the Quasimodo song is called, but um, but yeah, with uh, with him, Hellfire, the singing about his lust for this woman and how if I can't have her, then she needs to die. Yeah, she's done this. She has put me in her spell. So in order to make this lust okay, she has to be mine exclusively, basically. Mm-hmm. Or the only way to break the spell is to kill her, basically. Like either she either she's mine or she will burn. It's literally lyrics in the song. Um, and we're then, not doing the song justice, by the way. It's no. so good. It's so, like you think of Disney villain songs. Yeah. And you so we got poor fortunate souls. We got yeah. Gaston, we got yeah. be prepared. Be prepared. This huh. is this is kind of up there, man. Yeah, this I, is kind of up there. In, in terms of a song and storytelling of a song, yeah. the best of the bunch. Yeah, um, it's very well done. Uh, it's haunting. The music behind it is very, um, you know, it's it's organ based. You know, it is uh, both literally and uh, figuratively, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they get the um, chorus behind him, and yeah, you have the chorus behind him, and um, it's yeah, it comes across very churchy and very haunting. Like it's the one part of this movie that always stuck with me more than anything else. Um, just thinking about that song because it is the like the darkest song they've ever written yeah. for a Disney movie. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and it's so good. Um, and in the middle of it, um, towards the end of it, they're like, oh, she's escaped. And that's when, uh, that's when he pretty much snaps at this point. Yeah. He's lost his, yeah, he's lost the plot and, uh, him going out there and trying to bribe all of the gypsies to turn her over is, it's like, yeah, I, that's how that would happen. Yep. That's, <laughs> and, that, and, yeah. and they don't, and they don't play along. Um, the scene shortly thereafter um, with the windmill. <laughs> um, very good scene. Yeah. Um, where, you know, like we take, we take lots of people in for rest. Any, any weary traveler is able to come in. Like, I don't know where Esmeralda is. Like, and Frollo's like, well, all right then. Uh, locks them in their house and demands Phoebus to light the pl- house on fire. And he doesn't. Uh, and then <laughs> Frollo just immediately sets the house on fire, like instantly, sending Phoebus into the house to rescue everyone. Um, it's like, again, it's a very dark scene because there's a child in there. Too. Yeah. Like, like there, there is attempted child murder several times. Yeah, in this movie, he he's a like the other other Disney villains. You're like, oh, they're kind of comically like evil. This dude, yeah. sh- there's nothing funny about him. No, not, he never, not a damn thing funny about him. He never once cracks a joke in this movie. No, 
like there is no there is no sense of humor to this character in the slightest um he, he and he's not a bumbling fool either like he knows what he's doing at every time at, at, around every corner like everything's a calculated decision that he's making you know and it's all inspired by lust towards the end here so you know it, it that's what causes his downfall because he's so you know single track minded at this point um but uh yeah he's not an incompetent villain either like he he knows what he's doing it's very calculated and it's very right. interesting to see a villain report portrayed this way at a disney movie because you're used to them kind of being you know a james bond villain where they're like sure. you know like snarky or make a critical mistake somewhere that you know or makes or a bumbling henchman or something like even like the henchmen that they have like they, they get phoebus out like they're goobers right but um but for the most part they're competent so uh, i mean like it's like oh we came here to look for gold or yeah i want to marry the print i, I want to be sultan yeah or i, I I just love Bell. Yeah. Long <laughs> yeah. live the king. You know, it's like yeah. even 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 Scar, who's a you know, he's he's a he's a nasty villain. Um wisecracker. Like yeah. he he made plenty of jokes. Frollo never even hints at having a sense of humor about it. Yeah, because Scar even had a even though Scar is probably you know, like uh, to this point our second most evil character. He still has a charisma about him. Like, oh, hey, you yeah. kind of like him in a way. Yeah. You don't like Claude Frollo. No. You don't no. like him. And, and, and like, even today, like, if you watch this movie today, like, you still, like, there's no redeeming qualities to him because it is a character that you see today still, like, yeah. in, in your real life. You know, there is, like, you, you know, even like something like Scar is a little removed from day-to-day life you know little mermaid it's she's a witch you know it's you know know, maleficent or whatever you know you do see like um gaston today he's a thirsty dude but yeah he's just yeah he's just a you know big big yeah idiot yeah yeah he's 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 a meathead that thinks you know just an arrogant guy so they're like he's not He's not like outright evil in a traditional sense. Right. Like he's just a dude with bad intentions, but he's I not mean, evil. Like Frollo is like he's a bad guy with the most dangerous kind of villain, where the righteous villain. Right. Um, which, which is you know like if we talk about comic books a lot and stuff on here. It's you know it's like this Magneto situation. It's like Magneto mm-hmm. in a sense where he's a competent villain that he thinks he's right and that's more dangerous like yeah he doesn't even think he's right he knows he he's knows right. he's right he knows he's right that makes him you know that's that's what makes it even more evil where it's like i'm right you're wrong and you're trying to stop me which makes you doubly wrong and i'm going to kill you yeah you know it, <laughs> so, i mean the difference is i mean in magneto's case you can go like okay i can see where he's coming from with claude yeah. Frollo, i don't see it like i don't so, see where he's where Frollo's i, I don't like so yeah. we'll kind of jumping ahead to next week like you literally have the devil in that movie <laughs> and he's still more likable than claude frollo yeah, yeah. he's the, the character yeah hades is more likable than claude frollo and the guy that plays hades so <laughs> yeah. um, well 
that's up for debate, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Would you rather hang out with Hades from Hercules or James Woods? Okay, Hades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least he hangs out with Bobcat Goldthwait. You can ask him about Police Academy or something. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, the story wraps up starts wrapping up at this point so yeah we've got Frollo kind of knows that Quasimodo knows in some way so he's going Quasimodo gets the map to the gypsies and that's when you start getting that's that's when that's when stuff starts going down they're trying to warn the gypsies yeah Phoebus and Esmeralda develop feelings for each other uh, Quasimodo's like, oh man, that sucks. That sucks, but I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay because in Hunchback of Notre Dame Two, he finds true love. Uh, <laughs> the dream has no memory of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I like I like the visuals as we talked about earlier of like. So he's going to burn as at this point. All of Paris is on fire. It's right. the craziest thing. Like literally, all of Paris is on fire. You're looking out from Notre Dame, and Quasimodo is chained up because Frollo is keeping him there. <laughs> like, like Paris is burning. <laughs> yeah. Which watched this movie recently was like, oh right, that just happened. Like the cathedral just caught on fire. Like not that long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you see like the molten lead pouring out of like, well, yeah. that'll do it. You're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably what causes the fire. You just can't have that much molten lead. You just like, can't have molten that. lead. Yeah, I mean, like, you're gonna put that much molten lead in your ancient cathedral. But things are gonna happen from time to time. I don't understand how the uh, molten lead comes spewing out of the like spires that ex- extend out a little bit when he dumps it over it's like <laughs> was this whole top layer designed to be a molten lead distribution center like yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it was developed by ego shandor <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh he just just waiting for that, that molten lead situation yeah um yeah it's it's the thing. It's, it, it's because it's not you know like Chekhov's gun like that whole thing it's like yeah it play, I was like yeah, well if you show the molten lead in scene one you gotta pay it off in scene four because it's never like <laughs> yeah like yeah, okay I and also where's a molten lead come from where yeah where it's like I realized that like things need to be repaired these are giant church bells you're going to need to be repair them so being able to melt metal to do repairs and because he's an artist like yeah. has these things around but not that much not as much as you see bumping <laughs> out of Notre Dame like why do you have so much molten lead in your room yeah shut no, up mom no like no wonder you're disfigured. Well, lead is stinking dangerous. Yeah, like, I... like, like you should be you should be a mad hatter. It's like like you're just living around mercury. Like, yeah, you're just surrounded like, by this much lead. <laughs> like what? Like, are, do you just have this in case a T two thousand shows up? <laughs> it's like, okay. Make his own. He's 
<laughs> it's weak as hell. Um, but yeah, stick, the lead is used specifically to keep people from getting into. I was gonna say castle just now, but boy, that's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is this was used in the original, the old Lon Chaney film, which I go back to. Yeah. yeah. He pours molten. It was it molten lead or molten hot water or something? Well, I mean, like you know, using hot oil was yeah. not uncommon practice. Right. So, um, I, the scene where he first starts dumping the lead and it's keeping everyone away, and Frollo is at the front door and it's splashing around him. Yeah. Could you imagine being in that position? That would probably actually just kill you, just from the heat of just yeah. standing there and having it splash on you, because it's gonna splash on you. It's, you know, just from where you're at, because yeah. it doesn't break down that door until the molten lead situation is done and over with. Uh, <laughs> this, so, can we call this episode Disney Compendium Molten Lead Situation? Well, that like, sounds like a band, like yeah. some sort of weird, like local uh, <laughs> indie band. They're, they're a prog rock group. I was going to say there's some sort of bluegrass fusion. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, they they mostly they mostly perform Weezer songs set to banjo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, also, they, they also do covers of '80s movie songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Disney music too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, molten lead situation. Yeah, molten lead situation. So yeah, so he he busts down the door of Notre Dame. <laughs> Um, by himself, <laughs> they, they started breaking it down earlier, but then the lead happens, and but he's still there, and then he just kicks it in the rest of the way, and then he just throws that old man down the stairs, like yep. <laughs> the archdeacon just he just he just hurls that old man down the stairs, like if, if that were a real archdeacon, he'd probably be dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, charging I, I, up. To, I forget how Esmeralda uh, got hurt. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, okay, let's think about it for a second. How did she... Boy, I just... Yeah, I don't remember at this point how she got hurt because she's unconscious she... in the bed up there. Um, she gets, yeah, she, she gets injured. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. She's, you have the Sleeping Beauty situation where he's trying, Quasimodo's trying to protect her and she's just sleeping in the bed, just motionless, dead for all intents and purpose. Um... You, but then here comes Frollo, and they get in the middle of a big, Quasimodo and Frollo get in a big old fight. Um, they both fall over the edge, and Phoebus saves Quasimodo, and Frollo just falls into the golden lead. Yep. Um, unfortunately, he falls into the hellfire. Yeah. Unfortunately, as he slowly lowered into the molten lead, there's no thumbs up that he's given. Yeah. Um, yep. But you know, <laughs> can only ask he's- so much. They could have done it. Yeah, it was like that too. Let me let me ask you a question. Does the okay. molten thing lead, lead thing bug you just from an animation standpoint or 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 from a, being a chemist standpoint? <laughs> which um, which one is it, sir? Uh well it does, being a chemist doesn't help because I also know it's like, oh, no, there's no way. Yeah. There's just, this, yep. It doesn't work this way at all. Um, what? I know the flashpoint of things. It's bugging me. Think about... There would still be molten lead that has been cooled down 
nobody's capable in 1840 Paris to deal with how much cooled off lead is going to be surrounding Notre Dame for decades at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, this stuff dries. It's going to be. It's going to cool down and it's going to harden. I mean, lead's not a hard metal, but after it's burned and cooled like this, it's not, not, not an easy task, considering how much molten lead that they had. And it's not, and it is not particularly also well animated, I will say. No. It's, it, it really looks, it looks like, it looks, I don't know, it reminds me of something like, it really does like, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna change the tone of a waterfall to orange. Yeah. And, and call it a night. You, you know what it looks like? It looks like um, it looks like there's basically like pour like big pots of chili over an top. It's 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 not too far removed from like Super Mario lava. Yeah, no, <laughs> like Super, yeah. Super Mario World. You're in an underground dungeon, and it has little just orange and red uh, <laughs> lava. No, it, it, it just looks like there's just dumping big pots of Chief Wickham's chili. Yeah. Over the side of the church. <laughs> yeah, Quasimodo's going to go on a vision quest with Johnny Cash after this. <laughs> I'm a dog, Homer. <laughs> Finally, you find your... What is it? Uh, find your soulmate, Homer. Um, but yeah, so everyone lives happily ever after. Quasimodo was saved. Esmeralda wakes up. Uh, gives... Gives them a blessed blessing to pursue their relationship. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh no, no, sorry." In the book, Phoebus is a villain. Yeah, <laughs> he is not a good guy. He is betrothed to be married to Florida's, and he just wants to hook up with Esmeralda, and is a jerk about it, and. Like when she sort of isn't particularly interested in him, he's like, he frames her just as much as everyone else does. Yeah. And his like, you know, after story is like, well, he married Florida's and now lives a miserable, horrible life that he hates. So <laughs> fantastic. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention her goat. Yeah. Jolly. We're, we're in this, we're in this era of Disney that drives me crazy. We talked about it last week at Pocahontas. You are giving human qualities to too many non-human things at this point. Like, what was Phoebus's horse's name? I forget. Philippe? Was yeah. Was it also Philippe? Yeah. Yeah. No, so. like, was it the same horse? Wait a minute. Did Bells, did, did Maurice buy Philippe, like, at the end of his, like, his usefulness? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Because it's, it's still France. Yeah. Still France. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is it's like Dolly or something? What is the it's, it's Jolly. Jolly, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's spelled like the the Jolly. It's like it's like Jean like Jin. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's she calls him Jolly. He's yeah. he's uninteresting. Uninteresting character. Uh yeah. I like I like that he has a giant earring. It's good yeah. it's a good character design. Um and so, yeah, so you've got the goat, the horse, and the, the gargoyles. Three, and the three gargoyles. Three. Three gargoyles. Uh, uh, yeah, Goliath, like, Brooklyn, Hudson. Yeah. It's just like, like okay. <laughs> but it's like Disney. 
chill. I know you want to be able to market every single aspect of a movie. Yeah. Um, hey, this was not the movie that you're going to be able to market. No. Um, like there, there is no, there is no feel good. Like even going into it, people like thinking about that's the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know that story. It's not going to end well for anyone. No. <laughs> um. You know, I, the, I know for, for Quasimodo. For, Quasimodo doesn't end out, doesn't wind up doing well. At the end of the no. book. <laughs> no, he he falls off the tower. Yeah, he yeah um, he falls to his death. But <laughs> I know for I know for a fact they actually made a plush jolly though. Because mm-hmm. my sister had one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was this is the mid nineties, and this is the Disney Renaissance where. Um, everything was marketed and everything will be marketed and success or not. It's, we're going to try to make as much money as we can off of this. Like we need, we need to fill a Disney store up yeah. with whatever. So, um, uh, there was a, so this movie's original, um, uh, like this isn't one of those movies that was like, well, they were going to make a Hunchback in Notre Dame in 1942, but the war stopped it or whatever kind of thing. This really is, just like Pocahontas last week, a creation of the 90s. Um, yeah, because, uh, we, because we'd gotten like the 1920-something Lon Chaney one, and we got like the Charles Lawton version, what, like 10 years after that, maybe? Or five years after that? Yeah, and, and even like, if you think about... Um, like, I'm trying to think. There, I mean, like, adaptions of this date back to the early 1900s. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, there's silent films. And, yeah, you always said Lon Chaney version. It was like a version in the 30s, a version in the 50s, a version in the 80s. There's been one since then. And so, like, you know, we've mentioned it before about like some of like golden films and stuff. This one has some of the most crazy, um, like ripoffs, it, uh, which oh, I've oh, never right. seen, but I, I kind of want to. There's, there's one. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I think it's called the Secret of the Hunchback, so, or something like that. It has secret in the title. Right. Um, the secret in the Secret of the Hunchback is at the end when he's like falling off the tower or whatever. Uh, he sprouts wings and can fly. <laughs> Um, like, like that's what that's what the hunch was, I guess. He's hiding the wings. Okay, so, so he's Warren Worthington the third. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I'm bringing that up because in this movie, he says the line, "I would fly if I could." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, good news, buddy. There's a version out there wings. where you can." <laughs> You're chock full of Red Bull, and you got wings. Yeah. I wonder if I okay. Wow, well, talk about I, I'm I'm sorry. This is bad for bad for radio, but I am going to try and show Nick this picture if I can of the Hunchback flying. I know there's a picture out there. There's a review from Phalus at the movies. Oh my Phyllis. god, I I hated that one level in Castlevania with the flying Hunchbacks. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. I was about to say, in... The flea man. <laughs> the flea man yeah. with wings. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Screen share. Nick, can you see this at all? Is there a way to... I don't really see make anything. Let's see. Let's go here. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay. Now I'm so- oh. Yeah, see? oh, he's falling. He's falling. Oh, oh no. What? What's happening? Oh, there goes his wings. And now he's oh. flying to safety. His Happy. face is hilarious. Uh, it's... I, yeah, you're gonna have to if you're listening to this, please look up uh, Secret of the Hunchback. It has. I'm sorry I ruined the plot twist, but you know what? It needed to be done. Uh, I think they're okay. <laughs> Idris Elba is slated to not only play the title character, but also to direct and produce music for a modern retelling to be broadcast on Netflix. Uh, is a thing I just read about the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, so they somehow have to make Idris Elba unattractive. I think like the the, the most handsome man on the planet. Let's yeah. just make him unattractive. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't uh, either. I, I not only do I not see it happening, I don't see like that thing existing in any way, shape, or form. Like it's just going to. Eh, we started it and it didn't turn out very well. So when was this story written? I have to know. Last year, so yeah. I, I guess there's still time for it to not happen. Uh, but what, hear me out. It's Stringer Bell lived, and he's hunchback now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so 93. Um, this, <laughs> this version of the movie was actually inspired by uh, uh, <laughs> like an, an executive that read the classics illustrated comic book adaption. <laughs> Which hey, listen, those are those are pretty dope. Classics Illustrated were cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's that's where it sort of built from. They were working on several like other projects at the time. They were working on uh, Song of the Sea adaption. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, Orpheus. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, uh, and like, it, like with a humpback whale kind of thing. So it's one of those things where it's like a telephone song. So <laughs> just the, the, the telephone and the whale wanted to go to the whale want to go to the Met. Yeah, the humpback whale that wanted to sing at the Met. Yeah. Um, he sang out there, and then the next thing you know, he got harpooned. I do like this. Uh, they were working. So uh, the concept wasn't coming together. Uh, they were working on the project until Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, calls him in and says, uh, stop everything you're doing. You're working on Hunchback now. <laughs> and that's it. That's just sort of work. <laughs> oh. Stop everything. Yeah. Put, the, um, put that in that script for first kid. Put it down. Yeah. yeah. We're doing this. <laughs> so they started working on it in 1993. Um, and like the, the cool thing about this movie, and you can tell, is that like everything just kind of worked out. Like mm-hmm. Disney is running on all cylinders in the animation department right now. Um, other parts not doing necessarily as well. Uh, live action movies is where it's at for Disney right now, so they're making right. a buttload of money in the live action department. Theme parks are in a miserable state right now. Yeah. Oh, we're um, in the Mighty Ducks era of Disney. We're in the Mighty Ducks era of Disney, um, yeah. and, and a lot of like Touchstone 
stuff right. like you know making a lot of money elsewhere um, at one point uh, like the first draft of this movie it was basically Cyrano where Quasimodo huh. was Cyrano trying to hook up, help uh, Esmeralda and Phoebus hook up <laughs> right um, that movie's called Roxanne starring yes Steve Martin. <laughs> yes um, like it like it's funny because like they don't really touch down on the love story between Quasimodo and Esmeralda all that much. Like it really, like it really does feel like it's like, it doesn't feel lustful and it doesn't really feel like a, I'm going to marry her someday. Love really. It really does. Like it's more realistic. Like she took, she was nice to me. Like yeah. I'm attracted, but like, I'm also not dumb. Basically he's got a crush on her. Got a crush on her, and he sort of realizes it as a crush too. Because yeah. usually the main character doesn't like it's in a situation like this wouldn't recognize that, but he yeah. did. So it's, it's nice. It's just funny to think of like him as a Cyrano character. Like, what does he? How does that work? Like, tell, tell her about some bells. Like, what? Yeah. Hey, hey, tell her about carved rocks. <laughs> <laughs> does you know a way to her heart? Just talk to her about molten lead. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we need to talk about the lead. Why do you have so much lead? Just talk to her, man. <laughs> Just tell her about the lead. Look, man, the gargoyles are telling me what to tell you. I do like that. Like, it's funny because like this movie is just so far removed from the Hunchback of Notre Dame book, but also mm-hmm. like not in its own little way. Like, it does a good job at sort of maintaining the core of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, just sort of jettisoning out some of the darker bits, but still keeping it super incredibly dark. Like the, like the part where the Hunchback dies. Yeah. But, and and like it's how, also kind of a bad person in a yeah. way, too. Yeah. Um, uh, I do like... Uh, here's, here's an exact quote. Um, uh I just copied it straight across from Wikipedia because I think they put it much more eloquent than I would have been able to put it together and it features exact quotes. So um, it's concerning that one of the first changes that Disney made mm-hmm. in um, this hunchback was Frollo. That had to change him from being a deacon to the judge. Um, uh it says thus avoiding religious sensibility, <laughs> thus avoiding religious sensibilities in the finished film. What? Uh, mm? No, you didn't. You just, no, you just removed it from the church is all you did. Yeah. It's, so, so you made it as opposed to trying to make the church look corrupt. You just made this one dude who is religious corrupt, which you made a judge corrupt. You made the system corrupt, just not the yeah. church. It's just, because they they, they they made the archdiocese, that guy, they made him Super, pretty wholesome. Yeah, he was a wholesome good guy who believed yeah. in what he was doing and believed right. in the sanctity of the church and sanctuaries and, you know, things like that. So, you know, and respecting other people and everything. So they made him a relatively wholesome character. But, yeah. Um, uh, as we were exploring characters, especially Frollo, we certainly found a lot of historical parallels to the type of mania he had. The Confederate South, Nazi Germany, take your pick. 
<laughs> those things influenced, those things influenced our thinking. Uh, producer David Hahn evaluated that one inspiration for Frollo was found in uh, Ralph Fiennes' performance of uh, Amon Duff in Strindberg's List. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, who murders Jews yet desires his Jewish maid. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's it's the exact same character, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, taking a lot of contemporary, uh, situations. I do like it's the Confederate South, Nazi Germany, take your pick. And it's like, nope. No, I'm not going to take my pick. (laughs) Do we need to take a pick now? Uh, I hate these blue lights. Uh, this revised ending was based in part on Victor Hugo's own libretto to the Hunchback Opera, in which he had permitted Captain Phoebus to save Elsmeralda from her execution, which is interesting. <laughs> that it's sort of like alternate alternate endings for the uh, for the opera. <laughs> Victor Hugo, what he was the original J.K. Rowling. You know what? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while Frollo's death was retained. And indeed, made even more horrific, Quasimodo and Esmeralda was spared their fates and given a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, would you like to guess? Uh, uh, <laughs> would you like to guess some of the uh, one of the most interesting uh, casting choices from early on with this thing? Like that that fell through, or yeah, and it's got a funny reason why it fell through. Uh, can you give me a hint? A pop singer. Pop singer. So, and it- let me tell you, 1993 is not the, not the necessarily the peak of this particular pop singer's career. So, <laughs> it's George Michael. No, it's it's a female pop singer. Oh, uh, 93. Would be Madonna, would it? Nope. Because she's. It is Cindy Lauper. What? So in ninety to play Esmeralda. That's what she thought. <laughs> huh. She was wrong. She was not going to play uh, Cindy Lauper. She was cast to be one of the gargoyles. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Hunchbacks yeah, are be, good enough. Yeah, she was going to be Quinn. Uh, uh, it's funny that they uh, we mentioned it earlier but the gargoyles Chaney, Lawton, and Quinn <laughs> yeah get um, it because yeah. of people people who play the hunchback yeah yeah. Uh, I'll try Anthony Quinn did play the hunchback yeah um, Anthony Quinn was still alive too yeah that um, uh, <laughs> uh, they filed a lawsuit though <laughs> Because uh, it's like, you don't, no, you don't get to just. Uh, Anthony Quinn filed a lawsuit. Right. Like, no, you can't just, you can't just use the name. <laughs> yeah, and by that point, the, the uh, who knows what's going on with the Cheney estate at that point. Too, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 was one of the more interesting ones. Was the no, 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 you're not Esmeralda. You're, yeah. <laughs> 
no, no, oh no, oh no, sorry, you're Cindy Lauper. Sorry, <laughs> um, the original uh person approached to play the hunchback was uh Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> well, he could sing, yeah. yeah so, I, I mean, mean yeah. I, Inigo Montoya being uh the hunchback would be very yeah. interesting, but I would have loved it if he just done the, the whole thing. Like, as Montoya. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, he was... Uh, because at the time... What the movie, this is 96, right? So he was he doing... <sighs> so he was, he, already, he was already in Dick Tracy at this point. So he, <laughs> Manny Batankin? Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't he also like about to do H2O? think so yeah I'm trying to just see what he was doing in the 90s <laughs> yeah. in 1997 he was quasimodo in a tv movie where he was nominated for a cable ace award for the hunchback of Notre Dame miniseries uh, so <laughs> it's funny like, that I'm... he was going to be the hunchback <laughs> she's like i've already done all this character work yeah well let's just... So, yeah, not really. Uh, the filmmakers mo- uh, 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 modeled uh, the personalities of er- Harold Flynn and John Wayne for uh, Phoebus. <laughs> I-, I can see Errol Flynn, but I John can see Wayne? Flynn. John Wayne, not, particularly not. Not so much, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tony J declared his role as Frodo. Frollo, Frodo. Wow, yeah. that would have been that would have been a very <laughs> interesting Frodo. Of, yeah, um, as Frollo as his bid for immortality. <laughs> I mean, he. I'm like, my dude, you were, you were in Beauty and the Beast, but I will say, you nailed it in this movie. Yeah, like um, if there were if if you were physically there to choose scenery, you would yeah. have done so. Uh, so, uh, th- yeah, they, they worked with, so, you know, he was chosen because of Beauty and the Beast, obviously. And, uh, uh, so uh, Paul Candell was chosen to voice Clopin mm-hmm. because the, they watched him as Uncle Ernie in Tommy. <laughs> oh, okay. That seems so... Like, oh yeah, the, 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 I'm your evil Uncle Ernie, huh? Yeah, you're gonna make a great. <laughs> what? What a just some odd casting. Like, yeah. So was to be more just because they needed a name, or uh, <laughs> after singing several demos, the actor said, "You'd better get someone else." <laughs> It just seems like she just tried out and did it. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like there was any. They wanted like, uh, they wanted a huskier voice, and that was sort of their, that was their desire. I mean, you—that's hard to go with a huskier voice and do me more. Yeah, that was sort of like their main desire was like we'd like a huskier voice than our typical Disney heroine, and right. I guess that would be a reason why it's like, well, who's got a husky voice right now? I mean, Demi Moore is pretty. 
on much more husky voice than any other leading lady we ever got. And she's a name that we could probably get. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she'd probably so, be happy to do it. So it's yeah. so funny that we're in this era where they're having to sing their own songs. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems mean in some instances. But... Like, yeah. It's, but I mean, it's the, it, it, I mean, you think about it, like now they, they do it now. Like, but at yeah. least like, I was talking with my wife about Moana, like how when Lin Manuel was writing the music for that, he he was just trying to figure out what the rock's range was, yeah. and he wrote around it. Yeah, I don't get, I don't think this was the case here for this. Like, nah, you're just gonna sing this. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to Jason Alexander try to belt out a song. You're like, oh, you just just do what, just do the best you can. We'll get, we'll get through this together. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> Boy, yeah, peak, huh? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Seinfeld yeah. was so big, and yeah. Seinfeld was massive. Uh, uh, computer animation was used in this, obviously. Um, the nineties were a weird time, JJ. They were. They were very weird, and it doesn't like themes and interpretations. It's infant side, uh, lust, damnation, and sin. But yeah, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's funny because it is a it is like the Disney movie. Like they don't go, they never really go back to the religious well ever again. No. Um, in, in a sort of traditional Western way. Yeah. Um, there is plenty of sort of religious stuff, but it's culturally different religious stuff. But um, like what well, next week with Hercules, they kind of, Yeah. There's a more gospel theme to that movie, but yeah. it's you know it's like right. Yeah, yeah, it's the gospel truth. It's the, yeah, it's gospel it's truth. The same. Um, so, yeah, this movie was uh, scheduled for a Christmas of 1995 release, uh, but would you like to guess what happened to that? Uh, Toy Story. No, nope. a little. A little situation happened between Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. Um, this is when he left. Yes, this is when he left. This is when they had the falling out. Uh, so that happened, and it was pushed to a uh, a, a summer of 1996 release because of it. Um, that boy, I wish I don't know trying to think i don't really want to keep this going for too long but you we could do a whole episode about the jeffrey katzenberg situation with disney i, I think um, maybe that's i think our that's next a, annex i think yeah i think i <laughs> because it, it, it also like it fits into theme park stuff really well um because like for various reasons because Jeffrey Katzenberg's falling out and like dovetails into sort of Michael Eisner's overall just fall from grace completely. Right. And the increasingly bad decisions he's making, starting with Katzenberg up until the end of his tenure at Disney. But I think we might just have to have just sort of a um, Eisner era sort of situation standalone episode because, i think that's i think yeah. we've been needing one of those anyway yeah so 
So this is the last. So Katzenberg was involved in the production of this movie. He left before this movie came out. And that is a massive thing in the overall history of Disney that starts the dovetail of Michael Eisner. Um, not, not only for Disney, but also like the rise of DreamWorks. Yeah, it's the rise of DreamWorks. And it's, it helps. There's a lot of things going on, not movie related. Uh, like it affects the theme parks drastically and stuff because they're losing money. And now they also are going to have to pay Jeffrey Katzenberg a buttload of money as well. So things like Westcott or Disney's America um, and all these other Disney sort of theme park expansion ideas just fall apart. Um, and it's all starts here. Uh, so enjoy uh, because you know, we've, so what ha- the primer of it is Frank Wells dies in a helicopter crash, who was like the head of Disney with Michael Eisner. Uh, Eisner wasn't appointing a replacement. Katzenberg thought he deserved it. Katzenberg didn't get it. Katzenberg left, wasn't getting his paycheck. Eisner refused to give him his the money, and that led to a protracted, long, arduous uh, situation that ended up costing Disney more in the end than if he had just paid him a check. Yeah. So, and in various ways too, the payout and creating, basically creating their biggest competition because uh, think about it in 2001 is when they release or put the Academy award for best animated film. At this point, right. Disney is in no position to win that award. They're not putting out movies quality enough to win that award. Pixar is and DreamWorks are. DreamWorks is the first person to win that award. For Shrek, um, right? For Shrek. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> this caused that. Like, this situation exists where Disney not being good enough for an Academy Award at the first animated Academy Awards situation. So, you know, it starts here. It starts with, it starts with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> This is one of those weird things where I remember specifically uh, Disney had like a Mardi Gras parade with Hunchback. Yes, Hunchback. yes, this they did. And it's just like I get the French Quarter kind of thing, but it's not. It doesn't feel like this movie doesn't have that feeling. Like, yeah, I guess the Festival of Fools kind of situation, but like it was very much a Mardi Gras, like it was just an excuse. Like, we have this New Orleans stuff already to go at yeah. all times. Like, eh, whatever. People know us. Yeah. Um, and I think if I recall, the premiere of this movie was at the Superdome. Is uh, that right? Let's look. I will. I mean, I believe that. June 19th, 1996, at the New Orleans Superdome. There were six screens that it was blared on. Jeez. The uh, Superdome, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Disney shipped two million albums uh, involved, including things like sing-alongs, home albums, the soundtrack, oh, yeah. CDs, read-alongs. 
<laughs> a novelized version of the film aimed at the toddler de- demographic. Uh, How? What? What is? I am. I'm finding this version of Hunchback of Notre Dame. I am going to find the cassette tape of this. I am going to rip it. I am going to share it with you, and we might do another episode based <laughs> some down down the road about the my first read along edition of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, it's a short episode because you know it's only like twenty minutes. But I, I, I I'm almost know. positive if your there's... sister if your sister has it, like <laughs> she wouldn't have it, but she's. Uh, I did get her. Uh, she did give me her her hunchback hallmark ornaments that she paid way too much for. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what the um, uh, Burger King toys were for this. I boy, this would have been the point where I'm not buying fast food premiums <laughs> because I'm I'm too cool reading comic books. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't be seen with Disney stuff. I'm reading me some X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible Hulk. I'm trying to think of what you would have been. Let's see. 1996. Uh, I, 1996 not a good year for anything in particular. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, actually, I was I was really into collecting action figures at the time. Oh, okay. This is like, like when Toy Fair first started coming out. Yeah. Okay. Just very simple action figure style things, just figuring and, and, the characters. This is Burger King, right? Yeah, Burger King. Okay. Here, here I will sh- I will screen share with you again so you can see the Burger King toys. For... Okay. Boy, that, imagine, imagine opening up your Happy Meal and what you get is the Frollo toy. Yeah. <laughs> I like wow. that there's a... I, I do like you get a toy, Clopin, um, who's in the movie for... 45 he's seconds a, like yeah, he's at the beginning and the end yeah, yeah. Uh, i do like I, that esmeralda comes with uh the goat uh the gargoyles are all separate they all seem to be wearing fabric clothing except for phoebus which oh. which seems very uh yeah they all they have fabric clothing which I, seems very bad idea for greasy having yeah, and also I see carded action figures over there too. <laughs> so they actually made a figure line. They did. I very much remember the action figures because you couldn't get away from them at KB Toys. Did they? Were they like the the two for? Did they make it to the two for five bin? They had to have at some point. I wasn't yeah. interested in it. So <laughs> hand puppets. You could also get. Hand puppets at the Pizza Hut. No, Burger King. Really? Collect, collect all four hand puppets. They have Jason Alexander, Gargoyle, Esmeralda, Hunchback, and uh, Phoebus hand puppets. Um, let me so. uh, let me do a quick Google search here. I'm gonna look for something. Uh oh. Because mm, I want to say that you've mentioned it. I kind of want the I kind of want the Burger King Frollo toy just because I, uh, it is. I, okay, so I found the actually the ad is on YouTube right now for the Hunchback Burger King toys. Oh, yeah. I was I was like, what? I'll turn it down. I want kind of want to look at it real quick. <laughs> then I'll send it to you. Oh. 
Okay. Oh my god, this is like peak BK Kids era. BK Kids Club. Yeah, yeah. Vid Kid. (laughs) Yeah, like the Jaws or Chomper, whatever it is. Yeah. All right. Wow. (laughs) A lot going on here. So, okay, I sent to you, but it's. (laughs) It is exactly what you think it is. Yeah, I saw Uh, I saw I saw a thumbnail for it, and I was like, oh boy. It is fun to go back and see some of those things. But uh, oh my god, these toys are really, like like the they all have like like little wind up mechanics in them. Yeah, and they're like I said, they're in cloth. Like, just yeah. Imagine how many of those that aren't in their plastic are just gross. Yeah, <laughs> just like they smell like they smell like as we talked about earlier, we, like Burger King. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny because as as we were doing. Uh, warm up before the show where we talked mostly about Spider-Man um, and the future of the MCU uh, and not this movie. Uh, yeah. I was having some absolutely dire uh, Burger King French fries. So, <laughs> so that. Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so $21.3 million opening weekend. Um, as, as we discussed, it premiered second. It premiered second to Eraser. You were, I, yeah. I, I thought you just were saying Eraser because that was the right time, but no, you were 100% accurate. No, I, I know. Second to Eraser. I know. I, um, <laughs> they, they, they included in their ticket sales for this one movie tickets that you bought at the Disney store because you could buy movie tickets at the Disney store for Disney movies. Right. So... Uh, that's an extra million dollars tacked onto there. They typically, it's not a number that is typically reported, but Disney did report that number because it added money to it. Like they please just like give us this. Um, but Pocahontas had a $29 million opening weekend. So again, all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dick Cook, who was the head of, um, distribution, um, Defended, defended the low numbers because that's what you have to do when you're in distribution. Um, Say, so, oh, it's comparable to uh, Beauty and the Beast, which opened in half the half the amount of theaters and grossed to nine million dollars. So, you know, <laughs> it, is deal. it though? Is it comparative? Yeah. They're no. Richard. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cook, sir. Um, but yeah, so it is. It, it uh, grossed. Uh, over th- about three hundred and thirty million dollars. Uh, critically, it's fine. Yeah, Pe- people liked it. They said it was perfectly fine. It- it's it- like uh, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus on it. You know how they get the blurb. On it. We've mentioned it. Oh God, right. they get the little quick blurb. Disney's take on Victor Hugo classic is dramatically uneven, but its strong visuals, dark themes, and message of tolerance make it a more sophisticated than average children's film. Which is completely accurate description. Yeah, that's a good that's a good synopsis. Um, Roger Ebert gave it four stars, the highest he gave he can give, because he's got a four star scale, and mm-hmm. says it was their best movie since Beauty and the Beast. Um which uh, is patently mm, true. Uh, <laughs> gonna Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and have to disagree with you there. Like Mr. Ebert, sir, you're telling me the Hunchback of Notre Dame is a 
better movie than The Lion King. Like and Aladdin. Better movie than Aladdin. Like for real, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Gene Siskel gave it three and a half out of four. Um, uh, calling it a simplified version um, of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but surprisingly emotional. Um, it says tasteful bits of humor, which like it's definitely it's, funny. It's not funny. It, I get like the stuff that is like they say tasteful bits of humor. Nothing with the uh, gargoyles, particularly tasteful bits of humor. No, like because like, we all see the clip of like go pour the wine and cut the cheese. Hey, hey, hey. Fart noise. Fart there, noise. Yeah. There, like, there, there's I think two or three instances of a fart noise in this movie. Like that's yeah. the com- that's the comedy angle in this movie. Everything like, else is relatively like serious yeah. conversation and day to day stuff. Like yeah. yeah so. this, this movie is from uh, Calgary, Alberta, yeah. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> If I could be serious for a moment. For a moment, yeah. Seventy-two um, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, so that's, I mean, that's perfectly decent. Uh, I I think it's a it's a better movie than Pocahontas by a significant. I do amount. too. I do too. Um, uh, for fans, it was one of those things where it was just Disney doing their thing again, where you're taking a very serious, dark story and sort of cleaning it up to make it mass consumption ready, you know, like, um, which for the most part is true, but this is obviously one of the more serious Disney movies that has ever been made. Even though they they Disney fight it, it's still, yeah. Incredibly heavy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, it's it, it is probably the most. Uh, I like it. Jason Alexander's quote for the movie: "Disney would have us believe this movie's like a Wrangling Brothers for children of all ages," <laughs> but he said he would not take his then four-year-old child to see the film. Yeah, that's absolutely. No, it, I, um, I. It says, however, newspaper publications reported child audiences being unaffected by the mature content and praising the film. I think it's because just like with anything with a kid, um, some of those things are such foreign concepts that are being portrayed on here right? that you can't see it that way. It's like when you watched a movie a lot as a kid and then when you watch it older, it's like, oh, that's a sex joke. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like you don't yeah. like it. Does, like it's so far over your head that you don't realize what's going on as a you know six year old watching Ghostbusters, you know, yeah. or something. right? Like, oh, oh, I oh, should have been watching this movie. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, yeah. Why did why did that ghost take his pants off? Uh, uh, there were one of the um, there was a weird backlash because. There, there were certain groups that were saying that were trying to make this uh, a gay agenda thing. Um, okay. Th- there was th- there were groups saying that the song "Out There" is telling people to come out of the closet, kind of stuff. And, uh, I, I, okay. Yeah. I, that's that's a that's that's quite of a reach, but uh, all right. Whatever. 
Yeah. And and and, and also because the movie deals heavily with I mean basically deals with sex in a yeah. significant way. Without saying as much. Like Frollo's lust is a sexual attraction that he does that he's uncomfortable with. Right. And so obviously this you know, Southern Baptists are having none of it. And then you also have um, you know, the theme parks have the unofficial gay days at the time. Demi Moore was just in striptease. Um, so those are the things that religions, religious uh, sects are pushing against as, and, opposed, and as opposed to the stuff that they, sh- that you'd think would upset them. It's but also Disney's a big target too. Yeah. And it's Disney in general. That yeah, they're, so. they're, you know, it's a big target and it is a like, Disney, Disney is, you know, making it okay to be gay. How dare they? Kind of nonsense. Yeah. Openly about sex to children. It's like when they're not. I mean, they, they like make, I they, said, they, yeah, yeah, guys. Like, like I said, the nineties were a weird time. Weird time. Still, I mean, things didn't get unweird. Uh, no, but it was there was a lot more of just this like. It was more out in the open in the nineties. More weird. rampant homophobia yeah. and like people thought they would just catch Yeah. Catch yeah. gay by being around a gay person. It was just so weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. So um so that, so yeah, I, I don't think I don't know. This didn't win any Academy Awards, usually music wise. It was nominated, but none of the songs were nominated. Uh, there was but it, did, but it was nominated for best um, score. Okay. So main thing. It, it is a good shows. score. Yeah. It's a great score. And it, it's and very, it's, it's very churchy and it works. Yeah. Like, it, it, and you know what's weird about this movie is like, you know how like Disney usually has like one famous singer do a song or several songs. Yeah. This one like okay, Bette Midler's going to do a song, and then all for one's going to do a song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, because could could they not get boys to men or? <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess not. It certainly doesn't seem. It doesn't even seem like they wanted to. Because uh, they would have been the new hotness at the time, but who knows? Yeah. Just, um, but yeah. Just, I'm sorry. I just got a text message, and I, I just bad, just bad radio. Yeah, okay. No, I'm trying. To... <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, this would be the second soundtrack Bette Midler appeared on for Disney. It is. It is yeah. very much so. Um, so, yeah, critical. critically, there's that. You had a bunch of pushback. Um, of course, there is uh, a live-action remake in the production. Uh, and uh, Josh Gad is attached. <laughs> okay. So, I'm sure he'd do great. Yeah. There's there was like yeah, video games. Uh, what a weird history of video games this has. <laughs> okay, let me let me guess. Game Boy Color game. Uh, just it it was uh, there was a Game Boy game and it was for the computer as well. Okay. Called uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame Topsy Turvy Games. Uh huh. And um, it's basically just a mini game collection. Okay. Um, one of them is basically Balloon Fight. Okay. So if you want to play right. a Hunchback of Notre Dame themed Balloon Fight, there you go. Um, 
uh, and of course mentioned Kingdom Hearts earlier because of the actor reprising his role uh, in all of these. Uh, there was uh, really wait, Hunchback of Notre Dame was adapted, published by Marvel Comics. <laughs> Two short huh. stories based upon the film in Disney hit Comics 11. Okay. Crazy. You know, you know what's funny is like Quasimodo is so down the rung though. Yeah. That he, he, st- he never got a Disney Infinity toy. It's true. It's true. Which is, and, which and, is and, like, and, and they don't, they'll make one of anything. They, they made one of everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So video games that we mentioned earlier. Yes. There was a, um, uh, there was a sequel, straight to video, 2002, um, Touchback of Notre Dame 2, which just takes place after everything, and Quasimodo wants to find true love, Esmeralda and Demas have been married and have a kid, and all this stuff. So, and it's, and it's in a weird, usually not the case situation, everyone reprises their role that was in there. So, yeah. still got Demi Moore, still got Kevin Klein. About everyone, so it's very weird. Uh, Frollo's long dead and doesn't show up, so it's not like um, Little Mermaid two, where it's like it's 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 Ursula's sister or something. It's yeah, because like, in the book, Frollo has a son. Um, you'd think they would have brought introduced that character, but no. <laughs> well, I mean, like. So yeah, I think the whole thing was like th- they really marketed the fact that Jennifer Love Hewitt was in this movie, the, the sequel. Yeah. I never saw it, but they just—I mean, Disney made a big deal about it. Yeah, yes. she was a big thing at the time. Yeah, for reasons I don't know, but hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's there. Uh, theme park wise, we mentioned the parade situation earlier. Right. Um, no ride. Um, not, at Disneyland in particular, you're not really getting character rides for yeah. a while. I, I, I think you can get the Festival Fools hat there still, though, in New Orleans yeah, Square. Well, because, so what happened was um, they built a theater. Uh, so Big Thunder Ranch was turned into Esmeralda's Cottage, and there was a Festival of Fools restaurant. Um, and then it turned into sort of like a general picnic area back, yeah. you know, because it was at the Big Thunder thing. And now it's completely gone because Star Wars moved in there. Uh, um, big Big Thunder Ranch sounds like something you would get at the Festival of Fools restaurant. Yes. Well, yes. Get some big Thunder Ranch for my fries. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your that's your Disney. Uh, that's your Disney. Uh, Not a huge presence. Not, Not a huge presence. Part. Wasn't a massive success, but actually it was a relatively big success. So. Like we said, this is 1996. Um, what uh, the uh, Academy Awards? What do you think the biggest movie of the year uh, for? Like it won both the Golden Globe and the Academy Award in 1996. Uh, would this have been 96? Hmm. I don't know. The English Patient. Oh, okay. Um, Back to Ray Fiennes again. Yeah. Um, and and sort of the Jason Alexander is in Seinfeld, and there was an episode of Seinfeld where it comes yeah, like, right. So uh, 1996. We mentioned it earlier. We're going to talk about the top 10 highest-grossing movies 
of the year. You ready? Sure. I say I like this movie to a lot of stuff on this. Number one, the highest grossing movie of the year. Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, dumb, dumb movie, but I love it. I uh, love it too. Uh, I, I, I was laughing because I, at Spider-Man, did you get the Midway trailer? No. There's a trailer for a movie uh, for, about Midway, uh, the World War II Midway. <laughs> And it, not not the company that makes yes, games. Yes, not not yeah, not not the arcade company, um, <laughs> not the Hydro Thunder people, but uh, Midway, the World War II thing. And it's introduced as from the director of Independence Day. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not like nobody because it, you can't say Roland Emmerich because yeah. they. I don't think people that connection isn't there. Uh, with Roland Emmerich, and once you start rattling off Roland Emmerich movies, you're like, I gotta see this? Yeah. A serious World War II movie by this guy? The, the guy, guy who made the bad Godzilla? Yeah, the Godzilla guy, and uh, Stargate. No, the the and, bad Godzilla guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, I'm trying to think of what uh, 2012, and um, he did that bad, uh, I think he did that like Shakespeare movie with the Secret identity that Shakespeare didn't write his own. <laughs> oh God! Uh, and, and like, just like, I like, I don't want to see. Uh, oh, what was the other? What was the other one that was super bad from Roland Emmerich? Um, Day after. <laughs> God, he's like he's like the Irwin Allen of our no, generation. Was it no, no? Day after tomorrow. Day after is the uh, the for TV. Yeah. TV. Nuclear Holocaust movie, which scare uh, people. That that they had to have a warning at the end of the movie saying, "Hey, here's here's the crisis helpline if this stresses you out too much." Uh, <laughs> so, um, what other? What was what was his last movie other than Independence Day? Uh, let me see. Oh, jeez, that's right, White House Down. That's right, he does those movies. You're you like, know what? I kind of like the first White House Down. <laughs> Uh, uh, th- th- no, no, wait. No, Olympus is falling. You're thinking That's of the other falling. world. You're thinking of the other, uh, the White House gets destroyed movie series. Yeah, the one with Gerard Butler in it. <laughs> that was what was it? John Olympus Parabellum, is... where they started a trailer, and I'm like, they're making a third one of these. Like, how does this franchise get the third one? Like, Angel has fallen. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? Um, what? What did the president do? Anyways, oh yeah, 2012, 10,000 BC. That was the one I was thinking of. Okay. But, um, I don't. I see a movie called Stonewall, and I'm wondering if. Okay. Okay. I'm like, did you make a Stonewall Jackson movie? And like, no, it was the Stonewall riots, which yeah. slightly, slightly better concept for a movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, Anonymous. That was the movie. That was the weird Shakespeare movie that I was talking about <laughs> where, where he was the actual author of Shakespeare's stuff movie. So anyways, that's Independence Day. Number one movie of yep. the year making $817 million worldwide, which is very close to doubling the number two movie. Batman and Robin. <laughs> no twister. Oh, also a movie I enjoy. 
Twister is Twister is funny because that boy, that movie was a weird cultural phenomenon for like yeah. that year. Like everyone knew Twister, everyone like the the talk of Twister made everyone go see it. It opened up around my birthday, so I went to Twister for my birthday. Um, I remember because it was also next door to a uh, basically, you know, like Discovery Zone, like those kinds of kids arcade and yeah. Jungle Jimmy kind of things. There was like one of those next door, and I, I got <laughs> too big to be hanging, playing, like climbing up slides and playing in that area, but still did and just absolutely creamed my face against some hard plastic in a play area. Just had a huge welt on my head for several days. Uh, <laughs> hey, so you blame Helen Hunt, what you're saying? I blame Helen Hunt and the flying cow. But you will not world. blame Bill Pax. Bill, no, Bill oh, 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 no. Oh, oh, Lord, no. Absolutely John, not. No, he... But, yeah. It's funny, like, George, like, so yeah, Jeff Alexander and, and Hunchback and Helen Hunt and Twister. Yeah. It's like, it, like, pretty much, are, are you an NBC? Do you have a sitcom? We want you for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three movie of the year Mission Impossible, a franchise still going strong today. That first uh, one's genuinely good. That first one is great. Second one's bad. Third one's great again, and everything after that is incredible. So, <laughs> yeah, Ghost. I, I really liked Ghost Protocol. Yeah. So. Um, number four, absolutely my favorite movie on this list, The Rock. Yes. Um, yes. I okay. Will. So four, five, six, and seven are all Disney movies. Which so The Rock. Touchstone. It's a Disney movie. It's a touchstone movie. Love The Rock. $335 million. Yeah. So now here's th- I debate people. What what was a better Jerry Bruckheimer Nick Cage movie? They were like, oh, Con Air. Like, no. yeah, I get Con Air is the meme movie. No, Con- the, the, the Rock is the better movie. The Rock is the better movie. The Rock is genuinely an exciting action movie that somehow Nick Cage is able to make this work. It's got and, Sean Connery in and it. working a it's Nick Cage working against Sean Connery, and that should be enough to pull you in. Um, and I love the sort of weird chemical weapon thing that's going on. There. This <laughs> really cool green spheres yeah. that just kill you instantly. It's a yeah. really cool comic. <laughs> just like, I'm going to stick this giant needle in my chest. Yeah. That, that, that'll keep me from dying. <laughs> oh, I love the rock so much. I love it too. Number five, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, $325 million. <laughs> Number six, a uh, very interesting one that I forgot was this year, uh, 101 Dalmatians, the live-action remake of 101 okay. Dalmatians. Which my son loves. My son loves that, the live-action one, though. So. And number seven, Ransom. I do like Ransom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Shaker Day. So... There you go. Ransom, number seven. Number eight. Give me back, back my son. Yeah, give me back my son. Uh, number eight, The Nutty Professor. You know, I I like the first Nutty Professor. Yeah. Look. I, Say what you will about where Eddie Murphy went from there. but Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. The Nutty Professor is a fun movie. Uh, it is. A, it, it, yeah. yeah. Number nine, 
Jerry Maguire. Okay, that movie's fine. So Tom Cruise with a couple of big hits this year. Yeah, and, that's when Renee Zellweger was a thing. And rounding it out in the top ten, Eraser. <laughs> so Eraser so kind of tapered off. Yes, yeah, Eraser tapered off. Uh, I'm just looking now. We're not going to talk at length because like we used to, but I just wanted to see if there's any other animated movies. I just saw the name Biodome and I was like, nope. <laughs> well, so Eraser was like the end of Schwarzenegger's run anyway, his initial yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. What so. came out after Eraser? Uh, the Sixth Day, maybe? And, yeah. Was that the one? Well, let's find out. It's really, I We're currently doing this on the internet, which makes it incredibly easy to yeah. uh, look up uh, Schwarzenegger's Wikipedia page. Should have just gone to IMDb. But oh, or would have been Jingle the Way, maybe. Yeah, which I guess doesn't... Jingle All the Way was the next one. Oh, <laughs> Batman and Robin. That's okay. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and so, so yeah, Eraser's kind of Jingle All the Way is a good movie. I'll I'll say it's dumb. It's incredibly dumb, but I like Jingle All the Way. Um, it's, Batman it's, and Robin is terrible. End of Days is terrible. Yeah. And then the Sixth Day. Oh my god, I forgot End of Days. End of Days. Is- Where, do, you, do you remember when he was promoting that movie? <laughs> do you remember when he was promoting that movie and he did commentary for SmackDown? Yep. Yep. Look at those punches. You can see that clearly connecting. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That, that got him into the WWE. <laughs> yep. Wow. Sorry yeah, 2000, 2000s really wasn't like he got in the. It's funny because you know when he got into politics, but you still see like movies are slowly sort of coming out still. Yeah, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like, like there's like the longest break he has is between, uh, two thousand and five and two thousand and ten. Because I remember around the world in eighty days, he had the little cameo, in it, and that was sort of like his last. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger's last movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's also this this is a period where they're like they're toying with the idea of doing another Planet of the Apes with him in it. Yeah, boy, would I have been all in on that. Yeah. Um I love you, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. But uh so yeah. Yeah, sort of falling apart with uh <laughs> uh those movies. <laughs> like yeah. the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, but yeah. Eraser Eraser was sort of the last like all right, yeah. It, it, that Razor's not a good movie, <laughs> <laughs> but like at the time, it was like it was sure, very nineties. Like, like you go back, like of every of like you go back to the Rock, and like it, it's very of its time, but also it's perfectly like acceptable nowadays. Eraser yeah. is very of its time and is not. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, he he's just like a couple years removed from True Lies, which is I love that movie. Boy, you can really tell where America's humor sensibilities were in um, 1996 because I'm just looking at some of these movies and I see things like Big Bully, which stars Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. Like, oh my God. You just see movies like here's a movie starring uh, Chris Farley. Here's Broken Arrow. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like Adam- Broken Arrow, JJ. <laughs> Adam Sandler movies, you know, all these like 
every, everyone in SNL gets a movie at this point. Yeah. Treasure Island came out this year. So that's but, good. But, oh, God. Good job, Renee Harlan. Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Oh, home of them, too. Dunstan checks in. Oh, my God. All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 is an animated film that came out this year. Nobody searching to go. Thanks. Fear, a movie my mom absolutely loves. <laughs> Starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James and the Giant Peach came out this year in an animated Disney movie. Yeah, that movie's cute. Yeah. I remember being funny. It's like, here's a Disney animated movie that says the word ass rather enthusiastically in it, which is yeah. funny. It's, kids know. Kids love it. Yeah, the quest came out this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just uh, I just saw a movie with James Remar in it. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors. Oh, that's I like the quest. Yeah, I like the quest. Flipper, nobody care. Kind of end <laughs> of Van Damme's run too, actually. Yes, yes. Uh, All right. Any other, any other Hunchback? Any other Disney? Oh man. The Hunchback came out November 21st and Striptease came out November 28th. Fantastic. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't ask for a better Kazam. Okay, that's not a Disney kid animated movie, but there it is. A Pinocchio movie came out from New Line? Yeah, was that live? Oh, it was the Jonathan here. Taylor Thomas one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Joe's Apartment. <laughs> Escape from LA. Nobody cares. <laughs> well... <sighs> it, it's got a cool ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a cartoon, but it might as well be, but the uh, Marlon Brando Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, good Lord. Any other Disney movies? It doesn't look like there was any animated anything worth a dang, dang doodle. <laughs> Bad Moon? Is that the, the flip? I'm sorry. We don't care about that. We'll talk about bad. We'll What's talk that? about bad moon off the air. If you don't love that movie. Okay. It's, it's the werewolf movie with that stars a dog. Um, Space Jam. Huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, I like Space Jam. Yeah. Sling Blade. Mars Attacks. Not a Beavis Under- and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead do America is a major cartoon that came out. I want to say this: Mars Attacks underrated. Yeah. Mars Attacks is fantastic. Mars Attacks is. Actually- I love Mars Attacks. Like. So- it's quirky humor that nobody. Yeah. It's just he just kind of gets forgotten. I'm like, no, that's a good Tim Burton movie. So yeah, Beavis and Butthead Do America, last cartoon to come out uh, in this year. Good movie, love it. Uh, <laughs> no, not really, Beavis and Butthead. Uh, yeah. As a teenager, yes. But as a <laughs> as, <laughs> as an adult, you go back and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, Beavis and Butthead. Nick, you ready <laughs> to talk about our lists? Let's do this thing. Let's wrap, uh, this, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap let's up with hot dog. Okay, the Nick list. You want me to just start somewhere, or you want to go let's let's start around. Uh, let's start around ten. Because <laughs> we all know that the top ten is locked in, pretty much. Not locked in, but it might change, but not not for a bit. All right, Black Cauldron. Uh, I don't like it better than Black Cauldron. Cinderella. I don't like it better than Cinderella. Dumbo. No. Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. No. The Rescuers. 
Yeah, I like it more than the rescuers. I like it more than the rescuers. Yeah. What movie is this again? <laughs> no, okay. uh, the Bunch <laughs> Black of Blood Bunch or Black. Black. Bunch Black. Number 34, which I did not say at the beginning of the show that this is episode, volume 34. 34, yeah. That puts it at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay. So that seems fair enough. And the JJ list. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm just going to start the same one. Same one. You start 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Let's see. Definitely don't like it more than Robin Hood. Don't like it more than Great Mouse Detective, Black Cauldron, Peter Pan. I don't like it more than 101 Dalmatians, but I do like it more than The Rescuers. So we both like it more than The Rescuers. Yeah. Whoops. Almost put it above 101 Dalmatians. That was making me upset. Ah, there we go. Punchback. So that puts it at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So, same. Yeah. Uh, same. This movie's higher than I thought I would have it. Yeah, it's. I think it's a perfectly fine movie. I, yeah. I recommend seeing it. And uh, It's on Netflix right now, I think. I think. It's not. It is not. Maybe it's on Hulu. It's on something. It'll be on Disney Plus in about four months. Yeah. So just wait it out. Wait it out. So another one in the can. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame again, 1996. Next week, the 35th movie in the Disney pantheon. Uh, A movie I enjoy a lot. Uh, June 27th, 1997 release date of Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> Different uh, great movie, movie that we just have a play. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Hercules, that one is on Netflix as of recording. So uh, yeah. if you're listening and want to watch Hercules. Um, which I highly recommend. It's a great movie. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's probably gonna be higher than this movie. So Who put the Glad in Gladiator? Hmm, Hercules is in the Gladiator, Hercules. but I get what your point is. <laughs> <laughs> But until next time, thank you all once again for joining us. And have a magical day. Bye!